Hello, welcome. It's so nice to have you all here today. Gosh, thank you for coming. You're all so good and wonderful. What I'd like to do is explore a paragraph in the Sefer known as Shari Tshuva, written by Rabboni Yunus. This is an extremely popular Sefer in Elul. It's best-seller in Elul, which is problematic. <laughs> it's very problematic because if it would be a good Sefer, so then it would be a good Sefer in Cheshvan as well. Cheshvan is a time after when, when the, the weight of Yom Kippur has been lifted off your head, you still care about Shiva. Let's go through the internal dialogue which happens to people who are from during Elul. Elul means that Rosh Hashanah is coming up. So people go through this dialogue, some people realize they're going through the dialogue and other people are completely unaware of it. And by the Shiva, don't know yet to go through the dialogue if they're still fresh. But those of us who have been around a bit know what the dialogue consists of. It goes something like this. Okay, um, let's, I'll do the dialogue with myself. That's what I do every Elul. Uh, Siegel, it's Elul. Oh gosh. Why you say, oh gosh, it's Elul, you have to do Chiva. Oh gosh. <laughs> well, Siegel, you have to realize that Rosh Hashanah is a day of judgment and you have to be completely different so you can get all the stuff you want in life. Oh, you're right. But I don't want to change. You don't understand, that's not the issue. Whether you want to change or not, you have to change because Rosh Hashanah is coming up and you have to be a tzaddik. You're right. But um, what about all the other stuff that I do. The truth is, I want to be quite honest with you, I mean, we go through this discussion every Elul, and basically, the day after Yom Kippur, <laughs> it's back to normal. So, so why go through this whole rigmarole again? Well, because it's Rosh Hashanah. But it's all just a pretense. Mm, problem. Well, I'll tell you what. How about we pretend really sincerely this time? Ooh, that's not a bad idea. How'd that work? Well, like, <laughs> do lots of, like, furrowing brows, and, like, really, like on like a level like tell yourself that you're sincere in your chiva oh okay does that work I'm sure it works you mean God doesn't see that deep well <laughs> the truth is I mean if you really like try really hard isn't all that means all that matters that you like try really hard yes okay well we'll do that what we'll do okay so let's discuss our program because uh, that's what you have to do until Rosh Hashanah get really intense mm -hmm, mm -hmm. pretend that you're hating all the things that you're doing wrong that you love okay 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 <laughs> and then during Rosh Hashanah itself like be super intense and like shuckle backwards and forwards mm -hmm, mm -hmm. any tears are bonus gewaldic seriously make sure go the whole way go the whole way like just like don't even speak Rosh Hashanah not Rosh Hashanah no not even Rosh Hashanah fine not Rosh Hashanah don't even speak Rosh Hashanah get to Yom Kippur just give it all you got Neila say that you'll never ever do another failure 100% and then you're back to normal <laughs> that sounds amazing no because you don't understand that's when it's sealed and then you can just go you can chill <laughs> wow that's an amazing okay we'll do that okay great when do we start no let's start right now what's the point brothers what's the point hey what's the point what's the point what did you say mate? what's the point what, what, why go through it? Why? Why do we go through it? Why don't we just say, listen, let's be honest with ourselves. We're not going to change. We're not going to fool Hashem either. Let's just, let's just, just stay as normal. Let's just stay as we are. Why go through all that emotional effort just to entrench in ourselves a deeper line? Let's just say, listen, I know I'm not going to change. Avery said, you know I'm not going to change. I don't take this whole thing seriously, really. I'm not willing to change my life. Let's just leave things as they are. I'm not going to change my persona. I like my bad medics very much. I like, you know, uh, no, look, I don't like them very much, but <laughs> I don't dislike them that much. I'm going to actually change them. Do you understand the problem? 
Again, first by the Chuvah, you don't understand this problem because you're still in that process. It takes a while to get used to this. <laughs> you have to be in the game long enough and then you get a bit chill and then it happens. It's an amazing point. Baal Chuvah changes his life radically. In like a six month period, a Baal can absolutely transform and then you can spend the next 20 years doing nothing. So, uh, how does it work? It's amazing. Anyway, <laughs> and we have a proof. Thank you. Um, so what I would like to do is I try to approach change from a, instead of, and I think the problem lies in the following way. Our, our notion of Rosh Hashanah and the Day of Judgment and the whole notion of reward and punishment is so deeply distorted. I don't know if it's because we've, been grow, we've grown up in a w- more Western society where the notions of religion are more Christological. It's a new word. Um, I don't want to say the actual word. I'm trying to be from. And as a result, we have associations which are almost wired into our brain of what punishment we what reward means what judgment means what hell means what heaven means they're all kind of like they concepts there which are very very far from judaism very far from torah and it's very hard to deal with it and therefore the minute we come to judgment the next thing that happens is guilt set in guilt guilt sets in now guilt I want to be absolutely categorical about this. Guilt is an emotion which has no place in a Jewish person's being. Guilt is an emotion which is destructive. Guilt is an emotion which is coming directly, not from the good part of a mensch, but from his dark side. Guilt in his emotion which will rob you of moving forward as a person. Guilt is an emotion which will keep you in the dregs of your being. Guilt is an emotion which will not allow you to progress. It will keep you trapped in a smallness of self, suffering the undue evils of an imagined being that you're not. Guilt is possibly one of the worst things a person can ever have. Okay? I don't know if that was clear. <laughs> what I meant to say was guilt is a bad thing. I do got that message. Guilt is not a good thing. It's a bad thing. But people say, but, but Rabbi, but Rabbi, isn't Judaism filled with guilt? I said, no, that's your mother. No, 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 no. Guilt and Judaism do not come together at all. I, I don't even know. I don't, maybe. I don't think there's a word for it in Judaism. I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't know if there's an equivalent Hebrew word. Anyway, there is something in Shuvah which is called Harata that's interesting. In other words, but people think, that isn't Shuvah all about guilt? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Shuvah is about something called in Hebrew Charata. Charote, as they say in the Shivas. I mean. Um, Charata. Charata is different. Charata is regret. Regret is a great thing. Ooh, regret is an amazing thing. Regret is empowering. Regret is uplifting. Regret is rejuvenating. Regret is vitalizing. Regret! Yeah! Let's give it to me. What is the difference between the two? The difference between the two is clear. Let's compare the difference. Both of these emotions relate to events which occur in the past and how I process them in the present. Regret and guilt. 
both refer to something in the past I've done that I view as negative. Yet, the difference between the two is fundamental. I'll give you an example. A classic example of something I am guilty about is a person has a discussion with a close friend and a close friend tells him some private piece of information. He mentions the fact that he's extremely complex about his lack of follicle endowment. Again, this is a friend. I have no connection to this person. I'm perfectly confident. The reason why I bought a yarmulke which is oversized has got nothing to do with my issues with my hairline. What hairline? It's perfectly, it's all there, it's all there. So, he mentions that as an aside to his friend that he says, I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm losing my hair and it's becoming like quite an issue for me. And then, the friend has a temptation to relate this piece of information to other friends so they can scuff about it. <laughs> yeah. There's a moment of there's a moment of test and he fails the test. And he fails the test. So if you relate it in terms of guilt, this is a this is the emotional reaction you have. You say, Oh I can't believe I said those words. He's my friend, he trusted me, he confided in me, and I'm such a low life. I'm so disgusting that I actually went and I told these other people I feel so disgusting about myself. I'm such a nothing. I'm such a gornish. I'm such a person. Do you know the truth is the truth is I'm actually just I just I'm just a Baloshanara. I'm just a person that doesn't care about other people. I'm just disgusting. That's what guilt does. In other words, guilt brings a person down into the tracks. What about if we relate it to that same event using something called regret, which is charata? And we work something like this. I can't believe I said that to those people. That act was so not a reflection of my essential being. That act was so unlike what I'm like. That act was such a temporary moment of being overcome by a part of me which is so distant from my real self. I feel pain that I engaged in that type of activity which is not commensurate with who I am as a person. I'm so above that. I regret that I actually fell prey to acting out of person by doing that deed. I'll never ever do that again because it's so unlike me. And I regret having done that. And I'm going to go now to him and I'm going to apologize and I'll never make the mistake again because that's not who I am. Regret is by realizing your myla, your greatness, your integrity, you look at what you've done in the past which is not aligned to that and you feel disgusted at how could that have happened but the disgust or the pain comes from the fact that you feel so high. Do you understand? It's uplifting because you feel that, I, that that act is so foreign to my being. How could I have engaged in it? And when you do that, what you do is you dislocate the act from your essential being. Your identity removes you from the act and you are proactively moving away from it in the future as well. Guilt connects you to the act and gets you aligned to do more of it. Because once you've convinced yourself that you're such a nothing for doing it, so you say, well, if I'm such a nothing, I'll do it again as well. 
because I'm a nothing. So regret and guilt are two movements of self which are so on opposite sides of the poles that they cannot be divided by a greater divide. Are you following me? So do you understand that regret comes from a sense of upliftment, from a sense of acknowledgement of how much I am, and therefore I look at things in the past that aren't aligned to my being, and I say, that wasn't me. I can't believe I fell prey to that momentarily. I will do my utmost not to make, to, not to make that mistake again. Guilt says, well, of course I'm going to do that. What do you expect from me? I'm a noch schlepper. I'm a gornish. I'm scum of the earth. Do you understand the difference? The difference is one builds, one breaks. One elevates, one degrades. Yes, John. Um, I know you can learn of everything Okay, so what you're saying is that surely since you can grow from even the wrong I things you've done in life Yeah, you shouldn't say, oh, we have to go down but like, there's so many examples where like things which were so bad which I did but like, I, I can't Can you just name a few? Let's so explore them <laughs> 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 um, Let's put it this way Had you been able to achieve that same knowledge without going through the negative experience so then again 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 assuming that there'd be two options open to you that you could achieve that same level of understanding and insight without tarnishing your soul or with tarnishing your soul preferably you'd like to be there without tarnishing yourself the, the process is ironic, it's a paradoxical process. What happens is, it begins with regret and it ends with simcha. Because if you do tshuva from the right motivation, what happens is that once you realize that the fact that you regretted the act so much actually puts you in a place where you're much closer to Hashem and much more aware of your neshama, so then you celebrate the fact that the act got you there, but not the act itself. That's what I mean. It's a subtle combination of two movements, which you're right. It brings her about to a greater sense of, I'm so happy I did it, but I'm so sad I did it. That's what I mean by paradox. The actual act itself, you, the reason why you're happy is because you're sad. You don't look back at what you've done, you say, I'm so, that was so amazing, I loved it. You look back and you say, that was terrible, that was awful, that was terrible. But as a result of that, I feel connected. Do you understand? So it's a paradox of, of bittersweet. That the bitterness brings to the sweetness. So that, so that, so that's still regret. The regret is the bitterness and the sweetness is the result of the regret. If you don't have a regret and you say, oh, it's amazing I did that. I'm so not regretful. You always regret the act. What you don't regret is the fact that the act now puts you in a different place because you regretted it. The only reason that it's beneficial to you is because you regretted it. Someone said, if you did something bad in your past and you said, wow, oh, I remember those days. Oh, baby. I wish I could do that again. That's called no regret. Regret means you wish you would never do it again. So when I look back at the act and I say, listen, I realize what I did and I realize it's bad and I would never ever want to do that again. But now I'm happy I did it because through realizing that I've never wanted to again, I actually got somewhere else. You can say that? That last thing? 
Why not? In fact, now that I'm done to Shuvah, I'm happy I did it. You can say those words, I'm happy I did it. I'm happy that because I'm happy that I got to the place I got to through that. What, what are we talking about here, Ravi? Let's go. Again, Joe was willing to open up. Let's share. <laughs> okay, good, good. Relatively clear. So, do you understand? That, that is such a crucial principle because we always, in the, in especially in Elul, especially in Rosh Hashanah, you can get weighed down by the heaviness and you can actually destroy yourself in the process and you'll achieve nothing. The reason why we avoid doing chuva and the reason why we just play, play this type of charade for people who speak English, charade, during, during Elul is only because we are weighed down by the process. If we'd be liberated by the process, if we'd be infused by the process, we'd embrace the opportunity. If we're not embracing the opportunity, that's the basic question, why not? We've been given the opportunity, when you hear about how Rabbi Shosananta speaks about Yom Kippur, it's like the greatest gift that could ever be given. And many of us respond to Yom Kippur as being, just, it's, I can't wait till it's over. That means there's something fundamentally wrong going on. Yom Kippur is the greatest gift given to Klal Yisrael. It's something which is unfathomable in the chesed that's involved in it and the beauty and the light and the glory. And if you relate to it as this dark and doomy day, so then we are absolutely missing the point to the nth degree. And if you relate it in a positive way, what will happen is all the changes we start to work on now will last forever. Because it won't be this pressure. I have to do it, have to do it, have to do it. Otherwise, 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 gun to head, gun to head, gun gone. Yes! Free again. <laughs> do you understand? It's very, it's very important. It's very, very important. It's very important. It's very important for you to pace yourselves. And when I say pace yourselves, make sure that your movements in self don't start to push yourself down first in terms of pressure and second in terms of your sense of self. Chiva is uplifting. It tells you how much you are, not how little you are. The only way you can ever relate to Chiva is through the greatness of self because without it, deeds that you've done in the past, either you feel that's who I am or else you feel I just don't think want to think about it. But you have to think about it and say, I understand from seeing my greatness that those acts don't have to be incorporated into my present behavior. I can move away from them because I'm beyond that. Chuva essentially is the key to unlock the door which leads into the perception of how much we are. And if it's not doing that, rather just go home. Ah, sorry. <laughs> Did I say go home? Rather just um, do something else, like not chuva. Do something like read a book, go for a run play American football if you're really desperate. Um, good. American football, that's the ball they play, you know the game, where they throw the ball in, wait 20 minutes and then do something else. Good. There are other entertaining sports like rugby, which I would advise you to, if you have the time and you're not doing chiva, to invest in. Yes. So then you don't. <laughs> oh gosh, that was terrible. Gosh, I loved it. <laughs> that was the worst thing I've ever done. It was so much fun. So now you have to understand that regret is there, has to come from a place of sincerity. You can't fake regret. Regret is not an emotion you can fake. Do you understand? Either regret or you don't. 
You can't say, oh, I wish I regret it. Mm, 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 regret regret it. Like, even though I enjoyed it, I regret it. You don't regret it. You don't regret it. You don't yeah, regret you it. You eat a muffin, and that muffin tasted unbelievably good, but you know you shouldn't have eaten that muffin. Do you regret it? Even though it tasted so good, how do you regret it? Like, because the feeling of the loss you received from engaging in the sensory pleasurable <laughs> experience way outweighs the pleasurable experience. People, you can have a pleasurable experience, but the fact that that pleasure got you into such trouble, you actually hate that you got that pleasure. You, you're upset. You're pained by it. As long as, as long as you look back with fond memories, that's not regret. So what I'm saying is that you can't fake regret. It's a level that you either have or you don't. You can't make it. You can't make it, which is the biggest problem, because if all of truth is based on regret, and now let's be honest with ourselves. We look at things that we've done in our past lives, in the past, sorry, not in our past lives. <laughs> I do double up as a capitalist specializing in reincarnation, but even in this life, let's deal with this life for the moment. You look at what you've done in the past and it could be that you don't regret it. You don't regret it. Why are you frowning here? Do you regret everything you did? Like he's trying to work out like what do you mean? What is there to regret? No, no. I'm holy and pure, I've never done anything wrong. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Definitely not. There are many motivations for persons distancing themselves from something. Oh, like in Norway there was the best sushi shop. And I I wouldn't mind and say it tasted really good, but right now if I had the opportunity to do it again I wouldn't I wouldn't go and eat it. But you'd love to. But you'd love to. No. No, I don't want to. But you don't want to? No. Succulent sushi. It was put in you front say you of me. I wouldn't. Uh, no, but that. The, it, what? I, I was told once, like you could say, well, you got the, you said double life, or past life, or whatever. you could say you got the best of both lives, right? Is that a no. good way to look at it? No, that's it's a terrible, terrible way. <laughs> that is a terrible way. <laughs> that is a shocking way. That is abhorrent. That is an abomination. <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's like those, the, the, the Catholics or whoever who are on their deathbed, they can just say, I believe, and they're like, heavens. Okay, please stick to one religion, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, we're just in this world, in this religion, let's just focus. So now, the qu the, the, now we get to the nitty gritty of it. You, the point that you've raised is perfectly appropriate. The idea and the theory are fantastic. You look back and you say, gosh, I wish I never would have done that. It's so not aligned to my inner self. Oh gosh, I'm pained by it. Oh gosh, I've done chiva. The problem is when we look back at what we've done in the past, whether it was permissible or not, <laughs> often we look back and we don't have any sense of regret. On the contrary, we have fond memories. We have fond memories. So now in that situation, this is where all the complications of the emotional difficulties of the Yomim Norim begin. Because then you say, but I have to regret it, because otherwise I'm in trouble. I can't really regret it. <laughs> it doesn't work. It's a, the, the problem with Shubi is it's real. It either is or it isn't. You can't fake it. So the problem is, when someone says, but you have to do it, and you can't fake it, that's when, that's when we get into trouble. That's when we get into trouble. So the question is, how do we deal with that? To understand the problem. That's the real problem. You can't fake it. You cannot fake it. It has to be real. 
but you have to do it but you can't do it because you don't feel that way so now you try now you're stuck so what do you do now so you can explode um, again neither we now the rugby option becomes much more real um, <laughs> Not bad. There's some good matches on at the moment. On the contrary, hey, you could watch a game of soccer after all. You, you know, join the other billion people who find it fascinating to watch 22 grown men dressed in funny clothing, chasing a piece of inflated leather around a very big piece of fur. I mean, that's that's perfectly. That's something that you should invest in. That's really something. That that's something that that's that's a productive use of time. I mean, after all, after all, I mean, a man being able to have the capacity. A man, imagine who can even kick a ball <laughs> I mean imagine that forget the fact philosophizing and deep understanding spiritual self he can kick a ball very far and fast I mean that's impressive I mean that's impressive not in America huh? not in America no, again in America in America the person has to like first, on, first of all like put on nine, nine kilograms of protective clothing because <laughs> even though he's like nine foot four he's, he's still time of a, some, some type of wuss and then he has to like play a game whereby there's actually there's no time for the game to be played because <laughs> it's always like about this like this whole schmoozing beforehand and schmoozing during and schmoozing <laughs> afterwards and then the minute like any flow is about the guy's running for the ball he's about to throw to the quarterback and as it's immediate they say stop and all that like a huddle I mean what's that all about I find it absurd <laughs> the whole the whole sport culture is fascinating fascinating yeah. bewildering and perhaps mystifying but again as an option, if you're not going to be chiver, maybe tuck at something we should invest in. I was thinking of perhaps installing a screen over here. No one will know. We'll all wear headphones. And then we can just do this instead of Musa. That's an option. Nice and nice option. It's the best thing you've heard since you've been in Yeshiva. So we have to deal. Do you understand there's a real problem over here? You just recorded that. That ruined our idea. Uh, <laughs> can always erase it. Um, do you understand there's a real problem over here? Do you understand the real problem? The real problem is we can't fake it, but we have to do it, but we can't do it, so we get ourselves caught up in this emotional bundle, and that's where the guilt sets in. And that's when the pressure sets in. And that's when we have to force to do things which, we, which aren't sincere and therefore don't last, and the whole thing becomes a mockery. So I think what's crucial is to find some way of dealing with this. I think this is probably, this would be make our edel worthwhile if we could do this. So I think the answer is really quite straightforward. But gosh, we just ran out of time. So, <laughs> so let's just ponder on it. Let's just let's ponder on it and hopefully we'll revisit the question and come up with the answer. Um, if you get bored in between, so then it's on page 22. I'm just not telling you the book. <laughs> so the answer, the answer is only we have to do it. The question is crucial. And let's continue on Sunday.